Welcome to episode 30 of McChesney Unchained. Coming to you live from the 6-0 studios here at 6-0 Football Academy down here in Centennial. Check it out at 6-0strength.com. Uh, big thanks to BSN Denver and the podcast platform that is for supporting the show through the first 30 episodes. And uh, we look forward to the future, to say the least. Uh, on episode 30 of McChesney Unchained today, we're going to talk about everything from your Colorado Buffaloes to uh, recruiting and the spring game and the smash mouth, smash mouth mentality excuse me, that is in Boulder now uh, to the NFL draft to free agency and trades and the craziness that's been going on in the NFL the last couple of days and what we see moving forward. Uh, <clears throat> we're also going to talk about your Denver Broncos and the signings of Jawan James, Kareem Jackson, the trade for Joe Flacco. That was official, his press conference and how mundane it was, but how awesome it was at the same time. Uh, things of things of that nature uh, throughout the entirety of the show. But uh, before we get into talking to Mel Tucker and talking about your Colorado Buffaloes, I just want to say something real quick. Um, <laughs> the the FBI. Uh, busting uh, college coaches around the country uh, for taking money from rich people who have the money and the dough and the IVs and, you know, some of the, the smug sports like tennis and turning rich kids into faith, fake athletic recruits. I mean, hell, I get a lot of shit down here at 6-0 for what we do to help kids, but I've never faked it. We've never had a kid that, that has played and like, yeah, well, he's a soccer player. Look, we can prove it. Uh, this never happened. So, you know, between approximately 2011 and 2018, parents paid approximately $25 million to bribe coaches and university administrators to designate their children as proposed athletic recruits. Um, now, that gives them favor with administrations. It gets them into the school a little bit earlier, uh, so on and so forth. So, you know – if you're if you have a little bit of dough out there, you can essentially just cheat your ass off and get your kid into school. And essentially, what I've learned is that if you have money, you can treat people like shit. You don't have to you don't have to necessarily, you know, do anything you say you're gonna do. You know, just to tell you a quick little story, I when I opened my business down here in Centennial, I went into business with a couple of folks that I helped them send their kids to school for free and they you know one went to air force and one went to western michigan and everything was everything and that's why they wanted to do business with me and open up and within 40 days everybody that was involved with me all the money behind the project everyone quit they all you know tucked tailed and ran they 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 you know they they were apprehensive because of this that or the other or maybe they were just con men uh from the beginning and you know it 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 just goes full circle to say that if you have dough and you have a little bit of money, you're going to be able to get with it. You're going to be able to get away with a lot of shit in the United States because that's really what it is. If you have dough, you can do whatever you want. If you don't, you can't, and that sucks. So you know it, this just makes the NCAA look even worse. And it, it's high time they start paying the players and that the kids get what they deserve. And you know what? until the players and until the kids stand up for themselves and understand the power that they have and the hammer that they could swing, this is never going to change. You're always going to have rich people bending the rules and getting a slap on the wrist because they have dough and they have connections. And you're always going to have the people that are, you know, holding this entire corrupt system up, which is football, college football holds this entire corrupt system up. 
if they just stop playing one day, opening weekend next weekend, everyone stops playing. I wonder what would happen. You think they get what they want? Yeah, I do. So we'll see where this goes. But you know, this faith, fake athletic resume for recruit thing is really, really, really disgusting. And that amount of money and to get kids into school when they could easily just pay for their schooling. I mean, it, th this is shady because they could easily just pay for, you know, the ability to go to school. And, you know, it, it, man, uh, to cheat on top of having the ability, that's just some scumbag shit, period. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so to go from one, you know, situation that sucks for the kids, to say the least, uh, but in the long run, it might actually turn out to be a good thing uh, to go from that situation to a great situation up in Boulder and the Colorado Buffaloes. You know, CU, I think they hired the right guy in Mel Tucker after talking to him and meeting with him as many times as I have. I'm really excited about the future of the Colorado Buffaloes up there. Uh, I'm excited about spring ball. You'll hear in this interview, you know, it's it's about, you know, doing your job and and being there for your teammates and being accountable and smash mouth. We want to get physical. We want to find out who wants to be in Boulder to help rebuild this uh, into the powerhouse that it once was. Uh, and, and look, we, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back here. When I was there from 2000 to 04, we won, the, we won three Big 12 Norse. We won a Big 12 title. It was a great time to be a buff. We also had two years that were forgettable sandwiched in those five. We had two years where we didn't make bowl games. So... I also know what it's like to underachieve. And last year's team underachieved terribly, but that five-win team in a row is still there. You know it is. But so is the seven-loss team. So I, I think that they're going to find out who they are with Smash Mouth Spring Ball, which is what I think it's going to be up there in Boulder. Uh, this interview with Mel Tucker is fantastic. Uh, I love their recruiting class. We talk about that a little bit from all the guys from 6-0 that they took, Austin Johnson, Jake Wiley, Trustin Oliver, Alec Pell, to the guys that they brought in from around the country, to the junior college transfers they brought in. I, I'm just – I'm really excited about the future of the program. So, uh, <clears throat> not to keep you waiting any longer, this is the head coach of your Colorado Buffaloes, Mr. Mel Tucker, on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. And it is brought to you by our good friends at wearbands.com. They bring you the interview with Mel Tucker today. The lateral athlete system that is Wearbands is incredible, and we use it down here at Six Zero all the time. Use the promo code Six Zero Twenty for twenty percent off. Wearbands.com and Six Zero Football Academy bring you Mr. Mel Tucker, head coach of your Golden Colorado Buffaloes. And it is my honor and pleasure to bring on the head coach of the University of Colorado, uh, Mr. Mel Tucker, joins us here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Uh, coach Tucker, thank you so much for joining the show, man, and, and taking some time out of your busy day, uh, getting ready for spring ball up there in Boulder. Uh, first and foremost, welcome to the show, and welcome to Buffalo Country, as this is your first head coaching gig. Absolutely, man. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So... It, it, Coach, you know, being in the positions you were in, in in Georgia and Alabama and some of the big-time environments that you've coached in, the big-time players you've coached in, with, what can you take from from those jobs to Boulder to, to just, you know, the little things that you took from all the coaches you worked for and the players you coached? Uh, what can you bring to Boulder to, to help this group? Um, well, one of the biggest things that I, that I learned is that um, – you have to re you have to do a really good job recruiting, because um, really that's the life 
the lifeblood of your program. And obviously we're, we're going to have really good coaches and really good schemes. But the best teams that I've been on, um, been a part of at, uh, at Georgia, at Alabama, at Ohio State, they all had really, really good players on both sides of the ball. And, um, and when you do that, as long as you play good, sound fundamental football and you don't beat yourself, you're going to win a lot of football games. And Coach Tucker, what, you know, when, when you talk, it, it reminds me so much of the guys that I played for in the league and, and Gary Barnett at CU. Don't beat yourself. Don't make mistakes. Do your job. Find great football players. Win football games. And, and one thing that I love about you, Coach, in your short time here at CU so far is how aggressive you've been on the recruiting trail. Uh, you guys have got a 5-7 and seven team coming back that won five in a row and lost seven in a row, so they're streaky. But they've got some good vets coming back on the team, including Mustafa Johnson and Steven Montez and a bunch of vets on the O-line. And then you get some good grad transfers in the door and a solid class, Austin Johnson, Jake Wiley, Trustin Oliver, guys like that from the state of Colorado. Are you pretty excited moving into spring ball? I think you guys might have a chance. No, I'm excited about it. <clears throat> like I said before, the, the coverage were not there when I got here. There's a lot of good football players. Uh, on this roster on both sides of the ball. Uh, these guys are really eager uh, to get going. Um, they really uh, are buying into what we're doing in all season with our conditioning program and uh, with our meetings and installing our installing our schemes. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited about this, about the guys that are here and then the kids, that, the, the, uh, the 2019 class that, that will be here this summer. Um, I think we've got a shot. Now, Coach, being the, the head man now in the situation you're in, you get to put your hands all over everything instead of just the defense uh, and the defensive backs and guys like that. Are you guys going to focus on being smash mouth? You've, you've recruited a lot of tight ends uh, over the last couple of months, and, and that, I know that that hasn't been a huge part of the system in the past, but I know people are excited about the physical nature coming into Boulder. Yeah, I mean, we want to be physical on both sides of the ball and on special teams. And so, you know, in order to do that, um, on offensive and defense, you have to be stout in the trenches. That starts up front with your offensive and defensive line. So, obviously, there we want to get bigger, stronger, faster, um, and, and have a mentality um, that we will dominate in the trenches. I think that allows you to play physical. I think that allows you to, to run the ball. On, uh, on offense, on your terms, when you want to run it or when you need to run it. And I think uh, on defense, it allows you to stop the run and make teams one-dimensional. So, um, yeah, we want to be physical, and and uh, we will have an element of smash mouth to what we do on both sides of the ball and special teams. Man, it makes me excited. That's what I like to hear, no doubt. Uh, definitely bringing in the right kind of guys for that with uh, this, this freshman class that you're bringing in. Uh, you know, going full circle here back to the record, you know, five and seventeen. there's a lot of things that could have gone right for CU, and they, you know, they might be in a bowl game, but there's a lot of opportunities where they also could have been a three-win team. So when you talk to this group, I've, I've got to think that finish is right up there at the top of the list on, on what you guys are looking for for the spring, summer, and moving into next season, correct? Yeah. I mean, every every um, every drill that we have in off season, every uh, thing we do in the weight room, um, we always talk about finish and making sure that we strain to finish. 
and that we always finish uh, even when we're tired. And so um, I think that's a big part of uh, just life in general. It's really not where you start, it's where you finish. And in order, in order to finish, you have to have great grit and stamina and determination. And I think this team has that. Very nice. All right, so spring ball's coming up. You guys are finishing up winter conditioning. I know that uh, everybody's excited about getting some pads on and getting out there and, and playing some football against each other. Uh, what are you looking for during the, the couple of weeks of spring ball and leading into the spring game? And then the importance of the first three games next season, Colorado State, Nebraska at home, which is the home opener and a big one, and then the Air Force Academy coming into Boulder for the first time in about 30 years. Yeah, well, I think in spring ball it's important um, that we lay the foundation of our of our schemes on, on both sides of the ball, special teams. We don't have to put everything in. We just have to lay the foundation to build upon in the summer and in the fall camp. But outside of that, you know, I've told the coach I want to make sure I know who can we that we know who can play at the end of the spring ball. Um, we don't want guys to have to think too much. Or have confusions on formations or alignments on defense. We're going to put our basic schemes in that allow us to do whatever we need to do scheme-wise later. But at the end of the, these 15 spring practices, I want to know who can play for us. Well, I'm damn excited. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Coach Tucker, to say the least, I think that uh, Colorado and Buffalo Nation got the right guy uh, for this job. And, uh, you know, I think that you're going to do a great job here in Boulder, and I know people are going to come out and support and, uh, you know, and, and, and bring it every home game, uh, especially that home opener against Nebraska. And uh, as an ex-player, I'm just I'm damn proud to, uh, to have a man like you at the helm up there in Boulder. You know, you, you didn't have to go down to TJ's funeral last weekend, and, and you were, you were there and, and showing that you cared. And it, it does mean a lot here in Boulder for, uh, for guys to know that. So... Uh, thank you so much for everything you've done up to this point, Coach Tucker, and we really look forward to watching you guys compete and kick some ass up there in Boulder this week or this uh, this upcoming year. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, it's uh, it's an honor and a pr- privilege to be the head football coach here. We're here to serve and we're here to do everything we can for this football program and for this this Buff community. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Coach. Have a great day and uh, talk soon. Talk to you soon. Later, brother. Bye-bye. And that was the head coach of the University of Colorado Golden Buffaloes, Mr. Mel Tucker. And, and look, it's short and sweet, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, coach Tucker is a man of business. And he's a man of principle. Uh, he works hard at his job, man. He works hard on the recruiting trail. He's not scared of development, which I love because I'm a, I'm a product of development, and I also stress it here at Six Zero all the time. Uh, they got the right guy in Boulder, no doubt. So. Hell of an interview with Coach Tucker. Uh, I'm really excited about what's going on up there in Boulder. I think that they got some really good football players, not only we're talking about the grad transfers, but getting a kid like Arlington Hambright from Oklahoma State. Uh, Coach Henson, who's now at Texas A&M, was his position coach at Oklahoma State and had nothing but great things to say about him and really physical kid with really fast feet and good hands. He's, he's a huge kid. I met up in Boulder. His brother actually plays D-line at Kansas, so there's some football lineage there. Uh, looking forward to working with them. And then you got Johnson and Harris from Auburn, a, a D-lineman and a, a tight end grad transfer. 
And bringing in both those kids from a winning program can't hurt, again, the, infl- the, in, the influence of the tight end position in Boulder. When I was there in uh, 2004, we had great tight end play from Dan Graham to Quinn Subnuski to Bo Williams to, I mean, Joe Kloppenstein. We had dudes. So, you know, there, there were some really, really good players at the tight end position in Boulder when I was there. And I, I think that that's an integral part of your offense if you're going to be great. And I like the fact that Coach uh, Tucker has put such a such a uh, importance on that position. When you're looking at the draft, uh, the, the draft class shit. When you're looking at the uh, the recruiting class, bringing in Austin Johnson, who early enrolled up there and already looks like a grown ass man. Jake Wiley from Eagle Crest, who is about 285 now and really looking good and was in here this morning grinding. Trusting Oliver, who's the best athlete in the state of Colorado, in my opinion, hands down. Uh, you know, and, and I'll tell you the story on Trustin. I've been working with Trustin for a long time. Austin and Jake as well. Worked with Alec Pell for a long time, the outside linebacker from Creek who's up there, good kid, really hard worker. Um, but Trustin, you know, we, we hounded Coach Mack's staff about Trustin. Hounded. And, you know, they just weren't interested, and that's okay. That's their right. And he was going to go to CSU or Nebraska or Utah, and we'd end up playing him. And that's what we say here at Sixer all the time is if you don't recruit him, you're going to end up playing him. And, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for Coach Tucker to walk in, I literally sent him one message. It was like, look, you got to get this kid in-house. And they watched him and evaluated him. And they see him as a strong safety. They're going to bring him in and teach him how to play the position and roll. He, they offered him in a day, he committed, and now he's a Buffalo, and that's the way things work. That's why we do what we do here at Six Zero. So uh, the relationship is strong with the guys up in Boulder and the guys up in Fort Collins, the guys in Greeley. We try to keep Colorado kids in Colorado. Uh, we've got a strong relationship with Coach Brandon at Mines and Coach Riston at CSU Pueblo. I played for both of those guys. Coach Brandon actually recruited me. So, you know, it, there's a lot of roots here for Colorado kids to stay in Colorado, and I like the fact that Mel Tucker's being aggressive. Uh, I wish that CSU would be more aggressive in that front. Uh, off the top of my head, Andrew Grout, Colin Lavo, Elijah Anderson Taylor, Spencer Lambert, Ethan Frazier, uh, those kids should all be up in Fort Collins in that recruiting class. I doubt Sonny Lubick would let this many kids walk out of the state. And look, they get really pissed off at me in Fort Collins every time I bring this up, and I don't care. I'm a buff, man. I, I'm, I'm trying to be a good businessman, even talking to y'all. So... I think that there's a lot of good players in Colorado that should be in Fort Collins that aren't. And if you want to get mad at me about that, that's fine. Get pissed off. And I don't care. You're not my father. Dave McChesney, God rest his soul, is the only man that can yell at me other than Coach Wilson, and I'll feel affected. Everybody else, you just sound stupid. Um, but that said, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for Colorado kids to keep being seen, especially with an aggressive mindset like Mel Tucker. And the fact that Coach Tucker has kind of taken the restraints off Coach Shiverini. You know, Coach Shiv, to have to, to get a guy like Coach Shiverini on staff and then kind of restrict the, his access to players and how he recruits, not saying that happened. I think it's something that may have happened. I don't have record of that. This is just my opinion and a thought that I had. Um, if it did happen, it would make sense. And if it didn't, then what the hell? But, you know, Coach Shiverini is such a great recruiter that – he he seems like he's back to, you know, the the comfort level he had before uh, about the recruiting. He's not being restricted. So again, not trying to piss anybody off there either. So again, check yourself if you're angry. Um, I think that the the University of Colorado got better when they hired Mel Tucker, but they got right when they hired Rick George. 
And Rick George, man, hats off to you, bro, for everything you've done for this place from the, the fundraising to the fact that shit gets done now on a, on a daily basis and the fact that you're at every event. He was at TJ's funeral as well as, well as Coach Mack and Coach Barnett and Coach Tucker and anybody and everybody that is a buff was there to support because that's what we do in this community. Um, and to, to speak of that, this community is deep with kids that want to play at Boulder and will sacrifice and are good enough to do it. So, you know, I, I'd like to see Coach Tucker this aggressive, and I think it's good for the, the team and the community. Um, yeah, this is, a, this is a Colorado Buffalo episode, so get used to hearing about the black and gold. You know, it's this next class that's coming up, the class after, the class after. Everybody strives to play at, at a high level. The the point to everything I do in this room is very simple. If you can play at a high level and you don't maximize yourself, shame on you. And that's how Mel Tucker thinks. And that's why I'm so excited about him being the HC here in Boulder. So that was a hell of an interview. Thanks to Coach Tucker for taking time out of his day to spend some time with us here on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I'm McChesney Unchained. Coming to you from 6-0 Studios here at 6-0 Football Academy down in Boulder at 7101 South Fulton Avenue in Centennial. Remember to check it out, 60strength.com or at 60academy on Twitter and Instagram. We'll get you right. We got dudes getting offered left and right. There's four kids in the recruiting class up there in Boulder out of the gym this year. Uh, and, you know, we'll obviously talk about the rest of those guys here on the rest of the episode. So the recruiting episode and the Buffalo episode kicks off. Let's fucking roll. And that was the head coach of your Golden Colorado Buffaloes, Mr. Mel Tucker. Uh, And I I love the hire. I think what he's done with his staff has been fantastic up to this point. Uh, They're really, really aggressive in recruiting. You know, first ones to offer Cole Taylor, first ones to offer Dudley, this great slot receiver, concrete Charlie DB down at Palmer Ridge, who's only a sophomore. Very aggressive going out and uh, identifying the kid at Cherokee Trail, uh, Hart, as a potential tight end prospect. I offered him first. I love how aggressive they're being. And in uh, in a time where CU has been a victim of of outside affirmation, and this is what I mean, they always need somebody else to say that they're recruiting him in order for CU to recruit him. Whereas Mel Tucker, they identify talent and they go get it. And I love it. So – Keep your eye on, on a lot of these kids in the dungeon. They're recruiting a ton of them, and they should. Uh, as of right now, we've got some big-time recruits in here looking into next year's group. From uh, Aiden Akia Kanakea to Reese Atterbury, you know, to Dudley, to Cole Taylor, to Braden Wood. I mean, we got dudes in here literally falling out of the rafters. And the top 60 list, uh, the all-Colorado uh, top 60 list that we put out at the beginning of every football season will be out. Uh, this summer, we've already started making it, so keep your eye on that as well. All right, so big thanks to Coach Tucker, uh, and I'm really excited for Spring Ball and Smash Mouth Spring Ball up there in Boulder. I can't wait to go up and watch some practices and then go watch the spring game. Uh, so I'm very excited about that and what's going on up in Boulder, to say the least. All right, now <clears throat> let's get into this right away, all right? NFL free agency and the NFL draft banter here on McChesney Unchained is brought to you by our good friends at NeuroXPF.com. Go on to six, or uh, go on to NeuroXPF.com and use the promo code 6015 for 15% off, and it'll help you with any and all of your orthopedic needs. Your, the, you know, the NeuroXPF, it coats the neurons in your head. It helps immensely 
with uh, with sleep. It helps with headaches. It helps with light sensitivity. It's helped me a ton in my battles uh, post career with pain and anguish and not being able to sleep and not being able to really just focus on what I need to do on a, on a day-to-day basis. I think that it's an incredible product and it's done nothing but help me. And I know that it can help people. That's why we push it down here at six zero. We're the only place that sells it on site uh, in the state. So come on down and check it out. There's no THC in the product, but it has all the benefits of, of the CBD and MCT oils. So neuroxpf.com brings you our NFL free agency and draft banter. Uh, and right off the bat, I just want to say to Wyatt Park, um, me and my man Wyatt head out to Pitt State on Monday uh, to go to, to Pro Day out there. Uh, Wyatt's the big defensive lineman from Fort Hayes that's been in here kicking ass. And, man, he's really taken off since he walked in the door. I'd imagine he'll, he'll hit 30 on 225. He'll run well, although that doesn't mean anything because he's an interior lineman. And then he's really going to kick some ass on his pass rush drills and his – playing his run keys and his knowledge on the board. I take my hat off to White. He's done nothing but what I've asked him to do since he's walked in the room, and it's going to pay off. So he's the next one up here on the bridge. He came he came to 6-0 with a goal. We built him a bridge, and bam, he's rolling. So uh, big ups to Wyatt Turner on his, uh, his pro day at Pitt State on Monday the 18th. I'll be there, and we'll keep you updated on that next week when we give you episode 31 of McChesney Unchained. All right, so right off the bat, <clears throat> Kyler Murray, I think he is the number one pick, and I don't know why it's so shocking to people. Uh, you know, it, it, for Arizona to play Russell Wilson twice a year and then not take Kyler Murray when he's available is ridiculous. Rosen is getting an, uh, an opportunity to learn what the NFL means right away, which is not for long, NFL. Um, and he's, you know, if you can give up a third or fourth round pick to get Josh Rosen, I don't know why you wouldn't. I think he was surrounded by a really terrible offensive football team last year, and it's not all of his fault that he was the way he was last year, but it's also not not his fault, if that makes sense. Like He has to take his share and, and his bite of the shit sandwich and, and move on. But this may be a blessing in disguise for Rosen. This could be a little Brett Favre action, you know, like Favre was in Atlanta for a year, didn't really fit, and then bam, he goes somewhere and – they kind of forget about him, and then he's thrusted onto the field, and he, he makes a name for himself and becomes Brett Favre. <coughs> Excuse me. I see the same thing happening with Rosen. So I think that it's an investment opportunity for whom, whomever decides to trade for him. We'll see. But I'm taking Kyler Murray number one. Uh, the defensive talent in this draft is nuts, okay? So if I'm the Broncos at 10, I'm either moving back and trying to find the guy that I've identified that I want or – I'm taking the best linebacker available at 10, which is probably the white kid from LSU, or I'm taking the best corner available, although I just feel like that that's exchanging Bradley Roby for another first-round corner that's going to struggle anyway. I like the Kareem Jackson signing for that reason. It, look, you can do a lot of different things at 10. I think moving back might be smart or taking the best player available. I, I wouldn't be surprised if guys drop too, so – We'll see what happens at 10 for the Broncos, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. With that Allen kid from Kentucky up there, he's going early. Williams is going early. Bosa is going early. Greedy Williams will probably go off the board pretty early. I like the kid from uh, Washington, the Jones kid, the big corner. I think he's a physical prospect. He could be there later in the first round if you move back. I would not be surprised at all if John Elway moves back. And he's been really aggressive this offseason so far. He went out and found Joe Flacco and got him, and I'd anticipate that he'll be really aggressive moving forward in the draft. 
All right, looking at, at free agency here, this is nuts, all right? I'm going to go through it pretty quick because everybody knows already. I'll just give my opinion a little bit, and then we'll get out of here. All right, the Raiders, they go and give up a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown. I think it's the steal of the century. I know Antonio Brown's a prima donna and kind of a whiny bitch, but he's also the best receiver in football when given the opportunity to be, and I think he's been exceptional, to say the least. Um, I don't even really think it's close. And then to go out and get Trent Brown on top of it, a four-year, you know, $15 million a season, guy that just won the Super Bowl, who I thought was one of the most dominant players I've ever seen next to Gronkowski, the tray blocking and gang blocking all, you know, the, the entirety of the playoffs and really all last season. I thought Trent Brown was the MVP of the playoffs and the Super Bowl. They could have easily given it to him, but that's obviously my bias as a lineman. Um, I thought the Raiders did a pretty good job. We'll see what else they do there. Uh, they've got a lot of holes on that team. They have three first-round picks. I'd imagine they're probably going to try and identify that Allen kid from Kentucky as a pass rusher to try and get, you know, replace Khalil Mack. Uh, all right, Kansas City, they go out and get the Honey Badger, and then they release Eric Berry. Now, Eric Berry's on the market. If I'm the Broncos, I'm picking up the phone because he's been a pain in the ass for – for Denver in the past, and he can cover tight ends, and we can't. So I know he's been injury-prone, but I don't give a shit. Go out, pick up the phone, and see if you can get Eric Berry. The Honey Badger going to Kansas City is nice, but losing Eric Berry is the is the pinnacle. I think you should go get him. Let me just tell you real quick, if this Tariq Hill information is correct, if he indeed lost control after his history of abuse with his – pregnant girlfriend at the time back in the day which everybody knows why he got in trouble for that for beating her ass while she was pregnant if he is really assaulting his child and he broke his own son's arm um beating him i think they should banish him for the rest of his life um and i just want to make this extremely clear extremely clear if you're a man anyone in a position of power, but mainly men out there, especially professional athletes, and you have the audacity to lose control and put your hands on your children or your wife, I pray to God one day that you are thrown into a pit with a grizzly and that that motherfucker mauls you till death. Tariq Hill, you are a total piece of shit, bro. If this is real, homie, I'm telling you what, this is so disgusting. To put your hands on your child... And break your child's arm. Oh, my God. That's all I can say. I'm just so just disgusted by the entire thing. Now, if it's not true, yeah, right. Where there's smoke, there's fire, man. All right. Battery of your own child. Okay, listen to this. Chiefs wide receiver and dynamic playmaker Tariq Hill is being investigated for the alleged battery of his son. Unbelievable. Kansas City Star has obtained a police report. Hill's fiance, 24, is listed as others involved in the report. Lists the juvenile as the victim with a broken arm. Unbelievable. The club is unaware of the investigation. Of course it is. They also, you know, sat there and got lied to by Kareem Hunt that he didn't do anything. And, you know, Andy Brew was just like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, 
Hill hasn't been charged, man, but, <laughs> I mean, it's a three-year-old son with a broken arm, and I doubt he fell down the stairs. So, to be honest with you, I think this is disgusting, and Tariq Hill, you're a punk motherfucker, dude. You are just such a low character, dude. And it, this is your M.O., bro. This, you've already done this to a pregnant woman. It might have been the, the – this might have been her for all we know. I mean, this could be the, the child that – that w- the the lady that you allegedly beat the hell out of when she was pregnant was that this child? Are you still mad at him? I just don't understand you, bro. You're a bad person. You're a bad dude. And anybody that has the audacity to fucking stand up for this dude, fuck you too. Unbelievable. That's what you get, Kansas City, when you employ bad people like Kareem Hunt. You didn't know what he was, but you know now. At least you cut him. But Tariq Hill, I just cut him right after. Uh, Get rid of this guy. He's a cancer. And I'm telling you, you don't want this kind of fucking PR, man. You do not want this kind of PR regardless of how fast he is. So, Tariq Hill, if you're really hurting your three-year-old son, you are such a coward piece of shit. Uh, the Jags go out and they cut Malik Jackson. He ends up going to the Eagles with Deshaun Jackson, actually. And then Foles ends up going to Jacksonville on a four-year, $88 million contract. I think it's a good get for Jacksonville. They need to support him with the run game. We'll see how Nick does being the guy in a place where it's not Philly. They don't care about football in Jacksonville the way they do in Philly. He's not going to be revered. Now he's going to be the savior. Can you take a team that was 10 minutes away from the Super Bowl without a quarterback, and now you're that guy, can we get to the Super Bowl and go make some noise? Because they had a terrible year last year because of the expectation, number one but then also because Blake fucking Bortles is a quarterback and he's dog shit. So we'll see what happens there. I'd imagine that the uh, the ability to turn around and hand the ball to Leonard Fournette's going to be huge. I've also heard that Adrian Peterson's name is getting thrown around down there to be a one-two punch with Fournette behind that huge offensive line. All right, the Ravens, they go out and get Mark Ingram, Earl Thomas, uh, I, but they lose C.J. Mosley, they lose defensive end. They lose Flacco. It, it's a new era in Baltimore, to say the least. They lost a lot of guys. I don't, I don't understand how they can get rid of C.J. Mosley. And I know Ozzie Newsom's gone now, but I'm telling you, there's no way that Ozzie would have let Ray leave in his prime. So letting C.J. Mosley go to the Jets was crazy. I can't believe that, and I can't believe Denver didn't go after him a little bit harder. But it, it is what it is. Um, I think that... Baltimore kind of redid their roster. They got rid of Weddle and Mosley and guys like that, and they go get Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram. They're going to run the football on offense. They're going to try and play really, really good, hard-nosed defense still. That's what they do in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, it's all on him. This is your team now, bro. People are going to be able to prepare for you now. Let's see if you're a flash in the pan like RG3 or if you're a sustainable athlete at the quarterback position that can also learn how to throw it like Vic. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with that. All right, so moving forward, talking about the other uh, Maryland team. The Redskins, okay, get Landon Collins. And I think that that's a huge get because the Giants now, you know, Beckham's gone, Collins is gone, Eli's, Eli's on his way out, and bam, it's just Robinson now, or Barkley, excuse me, Saquon Barkley there is the only savior. For the Redskins to go get the Giants' best defensive player, for the Giants not even to want him back, I thought that was a little bit of a red flag. But at the same time, it kind of is what it is. Um, I I like the move by the Redskins, although they're always a player in free agency. This is a big get. 
the Jets go out and get Jamison Crowder, C.J. Mosley, and then Le'Veon Bell. And look, man, yeah, yeah, I think that the free agency stuff is a little bit overrated, yeah. Do I think that winning free agency necessarily means you're going to be in the Super Bowl? No, it doesn't mean shit. But when you draft a quarterback third like they did at Sam Darnold last year and then you start building around him like this, you really show him that it's more than just on him. It's, it's all of us. And go get Le'Veon Bell and you trade for a simile from the Raiders. He's a great guard. You only give up a sixth and – you know, you get C.J. Mosley and Jamison Crowder, and I know Anthony Barr backed out, but that's okay. He wasn't supposed to be there anyway. As an ex-Jet, I'm pretty excited about what they're doing uh, in New Jersey, to say the least. So um, I'm excited to see what those new uniforms look like, too. I have a feeling that they're going to be black and green, which sick. Uh, <clears throat> all right, so the turds, all right. Uh, excuse me, Arizona go gets Terrell Suggs. He goes to retire down in the desert. I'd imagine he'll be good for them, not great. Uh, it's good for Terrell, but Arizona's dog shit. We'll see what they do moving forward. The Turds go out and trade for Odell Beckham. They give up a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers, uh, the fantastic corner and special teamer from Michigan. I think he's in his third year. I like this move. This is proving to Baker Mayfield also that you're all in. It's proving to the Cleveland fan base you're all in, and it's not just a flash in the pan last year. Watch out for Cleveland, bro. They are scary. Mayfield's a dude. Landry and Beckham are best friends. They're going to hold each other accountable. In Woke, the tight end is a freak athlete. They got a good, solid core on the offensive line. They're getting better. Their defense is young and hungry and fast. Watch out. Watch out. They got some dudes. Cleveland's on the same path that the Rams were on. They were shitty, 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 and then, bam, they exploded and started dominating. This is what's going to happen with the turds as well. Mark my words. Uh, <clears throat> all right, now, let's get into this, all right? Your Denver Broncos, okay? They go out, they trade a fourth-rounder for Joe Flacco, great. All right, they go out, they go get Kareem Jackson. I like the Kareem Jackson signing. I think it's a good signing. He's a great vet. He's in his ninth year in the NFL. He's had 17 pass breakups last year, which I think was third or fourth in the NFL, plus two picks, and he was in on almost 70 tackles. That means – that he really likes his job. He's not a head ducker. He didn't just get paid and, and, and say, okay, I'm good. I don't want my body to hurt. He's out there actively trying to get guys on the ground, and that's something we struggle with in the secondary here. So when you have a guy like that that you're going to insert as a starter, which I'd imagine that's what they're going to do, I love it. I think it's a great move. We'll see how he plays, but I do like it from a leadership perspective. The Juwan James thing, I like it. He's your new right tackle at $11 million a year. Can he play left? I hope so, because we need replacement at left tackle if Bowles doesn't progress. Jawan James has been hurt in the past, which kind of freaks me out a little bit. I also wonder why they needed to let Billy Turner go to Green Bay for $11 million a year after what he showed them last year. And by the way, Billy, brother, congratulations. You're part of this family here at 6-0, and you always will be. I'm so proud to be part of your journey and part of your process, brother. Congratulations on a huge contract. That's why we do this. So, Billy Turner, congrats from everybody here at 6-0, and that's why we grind, brother. And every Tuesday and Thursday of the season last year, Billy was in this room damn near grinding and getting ready because he had to play so many different positions. So it's a true testament to his work ethic and just his leadership, and not only that, but his ability to say to himself, I need to get better, and I'm going to go do it. And I'm telling you, that versatility put on tape is one of the reasons why he's getting paid the way he is. 
and it, it's awesome. I'm so excited for him and his family and, and for his friends and everybody up there in the super frigid land where he's from. He's from Minnesota, so this is a pretty clean transition for him. Uh, his dad was a Viking, so it's pretty cool now to have that little Viking Packer rivalry in the Turner family. So, BT, congratulations, brother. That's why we grind here at 6 0 Strength. Another success story. Last year, Ryan Jensen signed $50 million. Billy signed for 28 this year. Shit, man. Connor's almost up here on contract. So, we'll see how it goes. But good things, to say the least. Um, I love the Flacco pickup for a fourth round pick. His press conference was priceless. Um, and it all comes back full circle to Jawan James. If James and Bowles can be bookend tackles, we're going to be really good. Really good, because I know the interior players can play. If James has to switch to the left side because Bulls can't figure it out again, we got problems, man, and I don't think you pick up Garrett's option. So, James needs to stay healthy and live up to the, to the, the billing and the huge contract he just got, and I think he will. He seems like a great kid with work ethic. I love the Kareem Jackson signing. I love the Flacco thing. I think it's a perfect fit for this offense. His press conference, which was, I don't really have a lot to say. I've been doing this a long time. I'm excited about being here. Questions? I thought it was perfect. He doesn't need to go out here and blow smoke up everybody's ass. Just answer the questions. Um, everything, the success of the offense starts and finishes with Garrett Bowles next year. If we can start sliding protection away from Garrett rather than to Garrett like we do damn near every play, we'll be pretty successful. We'll be able to operate like – Every other team with an elite left tackle. No one slides to their left tackle unless it's game planned, period. Go look at how many times they slid to Trent Brown not play actioning in the playoffs in New England and tell me, you know, tell me I'm crazy. And then that's why he's getting $15 million a year to go be Oakland's guy. And Oakland, they, they drafted Colton Miller in the first round last year, and they moved his ass to right tackle pretty quick after Trent Brown become available. So – I know you don't want to hear shit like this, but John Gruden doesn't care. He has security, and with security, you can make drastic moves where people scratch their head. Now I'm looking at Oakland going, shit, man, they got Antonio Brown. They got Trent Brown. They've gone out and, and filled some of these holes. I think that they're sitting pretty. They've got a nice foundation to build this team on moving to Vegas. And they've got a little bit of superstar power with Antonio Brown now. So I think that there's a lot of good things happening in, in Raider Nation, but still they are the Raiders, so that sucks. Um, as long as the Broncos go, it, it all starts and stops with Garrett Bowles. If he can play and he's the point of attack in the run game and then Phil Lindsay will have a huge year and then we can actually slide away from the left tackle and Flacco can stand tall and deliver the football down the field. Now, if they can't do that, they've got to figure out a way to get rid of him or move him to the right side or who's your reserve. So I wouldn't put it past the Broncos to still pick offensive line early. I wouldn't put them past them to pick the best tackle available at 10, even if they went and got James. I don't care. You can never have enough good offensive linemen. Ask the Colts. You know, I know the Colts were 1-5 last year to start the year. They drafted two offensive linemen in the first and second round. <laughs> And I'm telling you, those two kids changed the fortune of that football team and a healthy Andrew Luck. If you keep Flacco clean and let him stand back there and dissect, he will. And then people won't be able to load the box against Phil Lindsay and Freeman, and we'll be able to actually assault people in the running game and deliver the football down the field into pockets that play action opens up. So in a league where most people are playing cover one and, you know, man coverage and a lot of fence looks and trying to get under fronts away from 
from uh, slide protection so they can isolate pass rushers like the Rams do. As long as they keep doing that, you have to take advantage of the opportunities that are presented because of it. And I think the Broncos have the personnel to do it now. Uh, they don't have a guy who's scared to go out there and try and score 30. Case last year, I thought he was scared. Can we score 30 points a game? Oh, I don't know. Flacco is just like, screw it, man. Let's go fucking hunk it up and see if we, what we can do. I'm just going to step back and throw this son of a bitch as, long as, as far as I can, and somebody's going to run underneath it, them or us, but somebody's going to get it. So I'm pretty excited about the future of, of uh, the Denver Broncos, to say the least. I, and I'm really excited about this draft coming up to see what they have and how they're going to keep building this roster. Free agency is far from over, so there's still a lot of big names out there that still need to land. So we'll keep you updated on that as well. I am Matt McChesney. That was episode 30 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network, coming to you from 6-0 Studios down here at 6-0 Strength and Fitness, or as we call it, the 6-0 Football Academy down here in Centennial, 7101 South Fulton Avenue, Unit G. Bring your ass down here, and we will build the bridge for you as long as you're willing to work. I'm Matt McChesney. That was episode 30. Thank you very much, folks. Big thanks to Wearbands and to NeuroXPF.com for their support of the show. Take it easy, folks. We'll be back next week.